Welcome to Shofar Ronnebosch Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. Sorry, Iggy, am I making your life difficult? Moving around. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Harvest Hope. Uh, it's great to have you guys here. Um, apologies, um, as I've, I'm sure you've noticed, it's still a bit rough around here. Um, I'm just getting nervous because I'm, I'm like really happy that we're having long weekends at this stage because, uh, as you'll notice, we're going to run out of space soon. Um, every, every opportunity I have, I sort of just sort of try and, you know, give you an idea of what's happening um, in terms of the property and what's, what's, um, what's coming up, what needs to happen. Of course, you can see there's lots around us to do still. Um, but one of the things, and um, uh, we, we're going through some heritage processes, as you can imagine, um, some town planning processes. God has blessed us with um, some, some of the, you know, best professionals um, to help us out. Uh, in fact, the heritage consultant is the chairperson of West, um, Heritage Western Cape, so he's acting on our behalf, uh, but it does take time, right? And so um, I would have wanted to knock out that wall already, but it's not out yet. We're going to get there soon, hopefully. Um, so we'll have some more space and uh, the specific aircon that we uh, wanted to put in is not available in the country, so we're waiting for the aircon. Um, and as you can see, there's some, you know, spots that needs to be fixed up. I'm I'm not a detail person, so I can imagine the detail people are freaking out. <laughs> it's just too much, right? And the floor and everything. I'm you know I'm picking up all these things, but. Um, uh, and then so uh, obviously we want to open up the space a bit more. This is going to be a meeting space, um, but ultimately we, w- we want to build a little auditorium um, there in the corner. So you can come to me if you want to see the plans. We've already got the plans of that, but it's going to take a while to, to get there. In fact, they said the process will take till uh, the end of December this year just to get council approval, heritage approval, and so forth. So just to keep you in the loop, but welcome everyone, especially welcome to... The Century City guys, good to see you guys. Are you guys here? Is anyone else from Century City? Um, but isn't it nice to have some natural light in the venue? Um, Tim, you'd agree. Uh, I just heard rec- recently that some people were calling our previous venue the cave. <laughs> I didn't know that, but yes, it was a cave. There was no natural light, no windows, but it's uh, amazing to be here. And uh, welcome this morning. It's great to spend some time with you guys over a long weekend. Hope you had some rest, some downtime. Um, hope you had just a, just a good time, whether, whether it's with family or friends or just by yourself. Um, this morning, what I want to do um, is I want to do a bit of a, a spiritual checkup session. Right? Uh, we've, we've, um, we've had... Uh, uh, opportunity with the student services. Some of you at the student service would know um, we've had a series called Back to Basics, right? And so we've gone through all the basics over the last uh, couple of weeks. 
um, the basics of Christianity. But I think, I think the word basics can sometimes be a little bit uh, misleading. Um, so you can understand the basics of the Christian faith as things that are simple, things that are easy perhaps to understand or things that everyone should know. Um, but I like to think of basics more as the essentials that you need to be able to do the advanced, right? Or another analogy um, we used to call our encounter series, foundations. I think that's, the, that's a better word uh, for the basics is foundations. Because if your foundations are laid well, um, the building will be strong, Right? If there's something faulty in the foundations, you get cracks in the wall, walls, um, lots of implications, right? So, of course, your foundations need to be strong. In fact, this is what I, what I often see um, in counseling or whatever such scenarios, difficult scenarios, Christian, you know, uh, challenges. Of course, we, in this world, there's a, you know, it's an imperfect world. Um, but generally, when there's a difficulty, it might be very complex, but down to the core of it, it comes down to the basics. Something went wrong, or something is not right in that foundational um, area of the Christian walk. So, who of you has, has gone to a doctor for a checkup recently, or to a dentist, um, or you know, to the clinic? Who's, who's done a checkup recently? It's your doctor. Okay, so a couple of us here have done uh, a checkup. So, um, you know, who's, who's on a, a, you know, a vitality plan or momentum plan that you need to do checkups to, to do your status? There's some hands going up. <laughs> we want to obviously be diligent in those and, you know, obviously for several reasons. But the reason I'm asking and the reason I'm saying is this morning we're going to do a bit of a a spiritual checkup, right? As you do a checkup in the natural, we're going to do a spiritual checkup. I don't think it's something um, we do often, or perhaps some of, us, some of us do, but it's something that we should be doing um, in, the, in, the, in the natural, but in, in a, a similar analogy, if your car um, is not serviced often, um, guess what? There's going to be issues somewhere. I think that's um, the reality of life, um, when it comes to us individual lives, it's the reality of sin, the, the fallenness of the world, means that we need to do maintenance, we need to recover, we need to, the, the, the world is a, is, a, is a default of regressing, um, moving from order to chaos, um, not the other way around. Obviously, when God comes, he brings, he takes chaos and he brings it into order. That's the original pattern. That's what happened in the book of Genesis. There was chaos and God sent his Holy Spirit um, to brood over the earth that was filled with chaos um, and he brought order into chaos. But now, in the absence of God, the world regresses into chaos. All right? And so, so the scripture says it this way, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Right? It's, it's a process because God obviously anticipates that it's not something that happens automatically. What happens automatically is regression, all right? You'll know if you've, just, if you've just missed a couple of days or, you know, maybe a week or two without really connecting with God, 
you'll suddenly realize that there's a, there's a little bit of a barrier, there's a little bit of a distance. Um, suddenly, you're just a little bit more susceptible to the ways of the world or to sin and so on. Am I making sense this morning? Okay, so we're going to do a bit of a checkup and um, I'm going to trust that we would just open up our hearts and do a heart's reflection. Uh, I love the songs that you sang, Matthew. I'm going to ask you to sing one of those songs at the end. But it was such a, I really enjoyed the songs, such intimate songs. Um, and uh, it's so appropriate to this morning. Um, Wes, I enjoyed your, your sermon before the sermon. Where's Wesley? He's probably up in the mother's room. Uh, although he did open up the, the young earth, old earth debate without realizing it. I think, Johan, you would have picked that up. Um, any case, um, but the, the two analogies that he used is two analogies I'm going to use this morning, um, and the scripture that he read from, I almost thought he's going to quote my scripture, because he started, the, the Lord is not slow, um, and the one that I'm reading is, um, the Lord is not slow to anger, so I thought it was the same one, but it's not the same one, it's, but it's close. Um, Joel chapter 2 verse 13 actually shared this uh, scripture at Jason's wedding and I've just been meditating on it all the time. It's such a really um, powerful scripture but it says, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity. The Lord is, is slow to anger. One of the first things, and again, I want you to see uh, the regression away from the presence of God. Um, you know, sometimes you're just in the presence of God and something happens, right? Something changes in you. You can't put your finger on it. You, you're like, I don't know what happened here, but something happened. Who's, who's, who's had that experience? I almost have that experience every time I sit down with Jesus, right? Something changes in me. The fact that I was in His presence Sometimes I have a, a, a mental, uh, vivid picture or uh, maybe a command or something to do. But sometimes it's just I walk out changed. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know what happened. Sometimes it takes me a couple of days to figure out, okay, that's, that's what the Lord has, did. But the Lord's presence does something to us, right? Um, I almost want to compare it to... Um, little child and the physical affection that the little child gets. We call it comfort, right? And so when I give my child a hug in the presence um, of my child, I'm there, I'm there for them. Nothing actually happened but something settled in them, right? So they, they had a sense of, you know, security um, and something really changed. But so there's a, there's a, in the presence of God, I believe that happens, more than just the comfort. I think that it's, you know, Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So I think absolutely, definitely, that's one of the things that God does, um, but so much more. Um, but in the absence of God, there's a regression. If you look at the first time Jesus um, spoke to someone after his resurrection, I was walking with two disciples, um, and he was sharing, opening up the word to them. And remember the, the phrase there uh, in the book of Luke, it says, uh, Did not our hearts burn within us while he was opening up the scripture? So again, 
something had happened in the presence of Jesus. They couldn't put their finger on it. They couldn't realize what's, what's happening here, but it's, something's good, right? Something good is happening in me. And then afterwards, when Jesus had left, they could put their finger on it. Did not our hearts burn within us? And it was the word. It was the fact that the word was broken, open to us, right? It changed us. Something, you know, our hearts are burning with, within us. And so I want us to reflect on the state of your heart this morning. Uh, I mentioned this two weeks ago. Um, but the only thing that upset Jesus, or not the only thing, but the one thing that really upset Jesus about his disciples, about his, um, his closest peers, his closest 12 people that were around him, was um, the hardness of their heart. Remember, Jesus rebuked them severely, like in, I want to cringe when I hear how Jesus rebuked them. You'd say like, you faith, faithless and perverse generation, you know, when they would harden their hearts. I mean, that's quite intense, right? Faithless and perverse. I'm like, these are the guys that forsook everything. But Jesus says such strong words, directs them at, at, at the, the disciples. Um, and so it was because Jesus understood how important a soft heart is. How crucial it is. It's, it's almost not, you know, to Jesus, you can see it's not an option. To be an, 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 uh, a, a disciple whom God is pleased with, one cannot have a hardened heart, right? It's pretty clear from looking at the disciples. One needs to have a soft heart towards God. And of, of course, we live in a fallen world. So having a soft heart, if you've walked with Jesus for a little while, you'll know it's not so easy, right? Everything in this world, the principalities, powers, the demonic, the devil, he's gunning for your heart. He wants you to get hurt, offended. He wants your heart to be hardened. Because if your heart is hardened, God cannot, God, God is sovereign. So, you know, you can get our attention. But it's really difficult for God to get to our hearts if we've hardened our hearts. And that's why Jesus, he doesn't tolerate it. He says to his disciples, you know, this is not acceptable. If you're going to be around me, this is not going to be fine. You know, either you're going to change or you're going to leave. But your hearts need to be soft. Um, rend your hearts and not your garments. I want to just, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I really wanted to, want us to, wanted to hit home to us. Um, rend your hearts and not your garments. Your garments is the external. Your garments are what the people see from the outside. They can't see your heart. God sees the heart. Um, people see the outside. And so we tempted often, I find myself often doing this, coming to God and saying to God, this is, this is you know, I, 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 I sort of project something. I always feel silly when I realize what I've done. But I sort of project the picture out to God. And then God's like, no, 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 I see your heart. Um, and and I, think, I think that's one of the challenges of this world. Everyone... Uh, puts a, a Facebook profile out there. We put a picture, we put up a nice image to the world, but God knows what's happening on the inside. All right? So ring to God, not the picture, not the image that you project, but the real you, the inner you. Right? Ring that to God. Um, he deserves that, and He wants that. So a couple of questions. Like I said, we're doing a spiritual checkup this morning. 
a couple of questions to sort of determine um, the state of your heart or this, uh, your, um, the spiritual checkup, where you are at. And perhaps you're going to be here and you're going to be like, I'm, okay, I'm scoring, scoring very high on all these things. But just be open to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you might be thinking, well, my quiet time is this, it's good, I'm reading the Word, I'm fellowshipping, I'm doing all these things right. But just be open to the Holy Spirit. Maybe He wants to just point out a little something, a little area that He wants to come in and minister to you. The first one is, how do you respond to God's Word? How do you react to His Word? Is, is God's Word to you good advice? Or is God's Word living and powerful to you? Right? Do you tremble at His Word? And do you hunger for His Word? Okay, what is your relationship to God's Word? And the answer will determine um, something about your relationship with God. I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's sort of a uh, wrestling that you need to do with God. If you go to a doctor for a checkup, the doctor doesn't do anything, you know, at that point. It just checks, right? It just checks what, what are all the checks and balances, what's, what's right, what's wrong, what's, what needs to change and then he would recommend something he would recommend you perhaps to the specialist or to come back for an appointment for this or the other all right and so that needs to flow out of the session that's not going to happen here you need to engage with God say God um, I want to use this opportunity to reflect and um, to allow you to to speak to me to minister to me then secondly how much um, is driven by eternity, something Wesley mentioned again as well. Um, how much of what you do is dr driven uh, by eternity, or how much are you um, solely concerned about the here and now, the pressing needs, the, the challenges at your workplace, the challenges in your family, or uh, all the here and now questions. And of course, when we live from eternity, we are very present to the here and now, but there's a slight difference. How much are you just surviving, and how much are you seeing the bigger picture? Thirdly, how much do you think about the lost? And not just think about the lost in your mind, as in this is something we need to do, again, like a tick box. Um, how much do you think with your heart? about the lost? How much are you concerned about the, the neighbor, the friend, the family member, the colleague that is, has, a, has no connection with the eternal Savior, right? How much does that move your heart? Or is there no place in your heart for those around us? Again, that is an indication. God says, well, His heart of the lost, Right? His desire is for all men to be saved. In fact, that's the scripture that Wesley read. He said, um, you know, it, it's not God's heart right, so that anyone would go lost, right? But it's his heart that all would, would you know, be benefits to his promise and what he has um, done on, his, on the cross. And so, so what is that state of your heart? How much do you think about the lost with your heart? Um, fourthly, how often do you tell Jesus you love him? Not because it's the song we're singing, right? And not because it's perhaps a, a pattern or a habit of yours to do, but how much do you just like spontaneously say, Jesus, I love you, 
or when you come to him, you like really mean it. Um, my little boy is like a very expressive person. Um, he, would, he would often come just at random moments. You can ask Liana, then he would just come and say, well, he came to me once and he said, uh, said in Afrikaans, Papa, yes, my leafy papa. Just out of nowhere. Daddy, you're my lovey daddy. I don't know you say that in English. But in any case, he would just like have these moments, right? And it blesses the dad so much, of course, you can imagine. Um, but it just, it just, it just, it's from his heart. It's not something he, he told himself, I, I better do this, right? It just comes out because it's in his heart. Um, and then the last one, how big is the gap between your inner life and your public life? How big is the gap? And only you can answer that question, you and God. God can answer that question as well. But how, how big is the gap between your inner life, your private life, your quiet life, when you get really still, and some of us struggle to get still because it's really hard because then you have to face certain things and, and deal with certain things in your heart. But if you're really in that moment of being present to yourself and perhaps to God, and you can discover this is what's happening, this is where I'm at, um, and, and you have to s- s- settle down, you have to slow down. I think that's what's nice over the long weekends, you know to do the reflection and to um, just pause for a moment and say, well, where is, where is my heart at? And how does it reflect into my, let's call it public life. You can say secular life or, you know, among your friends. And we'll, there'll be different levels. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with the levels unless there's a serious breakdown. So we don't have to trust everyone equally. We trust those that are trustworthy in our lives. So I'm not saying you trust everyone. Of course, God is the ultimate one that we trust. So there's certain things that you're not going to tell anyone except God, right? Because He is ultimately trustworthy. But then there are different circles of people that we trust and allow into our lives, right? But if there's a disconnect, there's a disconnect between the inner life and the outer life. And by disconnect, I mean an inconsistency, right? You you're projecting something that you're not, okay, then that's an indication that you, uh, the checkup is important, and you need to, need to work through, okay, now I've, I've recognized this, what do I do now? And again, I'm not going to give you the answers, I'm not going to tell you what you need to do, you need to go and say, well, I'm taking this serious, right? Um, why do we take natural um, uh, reports or natural uh, professional advice serious, right? When, when, when your tooth is not in a good place, you need to get it removed or fixed up or something, you're going to take that advice seriously, right? How much more should we do with our spiritual lives, right? Your spirit is what, will, what you have for eternity. Your body, your flesh, it's temporary. Again, how do you live? Do you live from a place of eternity or do you just live in the year now? If you live in the year now, then, then it's, it's not so important to focus on your spiritual well-being. But if you live for eternity, then that's the part that, it, that matters, right? The flesh, the body, that's going to go to dust, right? But we are 
um, going to be with Jesus for eternity. So we want to be with Jesus, and, and we want the pure Jesus. Amen? We don't want a, a form of Jesus or an image of Jesus. Remember, um, the Jews in the desert, they made an, in, an image of God that looked like God, right, in, in a sense. Um, they made a calf, which was the symbol of God, but it wasn't God. Right? It had some of the attributes of God. It was consistent on a knowledge level. It ticked off some of the boxes, but it wasn't God. It was an imitation, an idol. And God, God doesn't like idols, right? Idols are um, anything in your heart that is above Jesus is an idol. Right? Again, you can see the state of your heart. Um, it's not one of the questions, but um, if you find in yourself that you are very prone to having idols in your life, that's to you another indication that, listen, my heart needs a checkup. And not just a checkup, I need to action something because it's not in a good place. You'll find yourself sometimes, especially when you're physically tired and spiritually exhausted or um, there's no you know, connection um, with Jesus, then you'll find yourself very prone to idolatry or, um, or what we call escapisms. Escapism is another form of idolatry. I find myself es- wanting to escape into certain things. And we all have different escapisms, but that is another indication. But I want to focus on three um, images that Jesus uses. One is in Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, the other is in Luke 13, verse 6 to 9, and the last one is Matthew 13. So Wesley, again, uh, he was talking about uh, the fact that God is not in time. And so, I don't know if you've ever heard, I'm sure this happens often, but if someone, they've told you a story before, and now they're telling you the same story. Right, and maybe you didn't get the opportunity to tell them they're just going on with the story, right? It's it's not as great as the first time you heard the story, right? Okay, because you heard it before, you know what's coming. Okay, so we love stories, especially if it's something in our interest or it's a very gripping story. That's why movies are so popular, you know, because it's stories being told. We love a good book or book narrative or you know just. You know, because we don't know what's going to happen most of the time. Sometimes you find weird people that watch movies over and over. I can't do that. Who watches movies over and over? Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Now I asked you to put your hands up. (laughs) I didn't mean that. Sorry. (laughs) But there's a sense of, of, listen, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm, I'm anticipating. There's a sense of, mystery. Um, sometimes the story is so well told that I want to listen, uh, hear it again or see it again um, because maybe I missed something. There's one movie I watched a couple